0: Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 10 Lessons Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with me in this home stretch. Let's jump right into it today. So I reiterate at the beginning of every podcast episode that there are four main areas of life, health, wealth, love, and happiness. And this episode today, which is lesson number four, the happiness shield, is going to focus mainly on happiness, okay? We're going to talk a little bit about happiness, how to cultivate it, how to maintain it and how love, the third area, actually interacts with it because these two sort of, they all kind of go hand in hand, but love has a a special role in the formation of happiness. And as we shall see and talk about, love and especially gratitude are some of the biggest keys to happiness you will ever discover. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in today's episode. So before we begin, we got to get some definitions straight because these words like love and happiness can be interpreted a lot of different ways. Love has a lot of definitions, so what exactly do we mean by it? And it's just like being happy. What exactly do we mean by that, okay? When we're talking about happiness, are we talking about pleasure? Like what we experience when we eat a cookie, for example? Are we talking about like a calm state of mind? Being like very peaceful inside. Maybe what we would experience when we meditate or I guess on certain drugs, right? You just have a calm state of mind. You're free from your mind for a little bit. Or is it that long-term satisfaction, okay, when you retire, when you finish up a project you've been working on a long time, maybe when you finish up your career, or maybe just at the end of your life in general, and you're happy when you look back at how far you've come? Are we talking about that? Because these are all extremely different, okay? Depending on how you define this, these are all way different, and they entail different levels of difficulty. So Because you can have a cookie whenever you want, right? So pleasure is the easiest to get, for sure. But a calm state of mind, especially for a prolonged period of time, is much harder to get. And long-term satisfaction with your life is even harder. We have the same conundrum with love. Okay, because love has a lot of different definitions as well. And it means different things in different situations. Okay, our love that we have for our mom and dad is different than the love we have for our friends, which is a lot different from the love we have for our, our lovers, boyfriend, girlfriend. It's a lot different from the love we have from our dog. It's a lot different from the love we have for like cheese, so on and so forth, right? You get the idea. So specifically in this podcast episode, when I say happy, when I'm talking about being happy and maintaining a state of happiness, what I'm really talking about is having a calm mind. We say we want peace of mind, but what we really want is peace from mind. We want to be free of these random impulses that our brain always conjures up, these desires that always seem to pop up out of nowhere. And these desires may be for things to be different, for circumstances to change, uh, for being angry at something, and overall just being free of this monkey mind, where your mind is just always running at 100 miles an hour, churning out these thoughts. We talked a little bit about this in the last episode, but being free from that repetitive, mostly useless process. What I'm going to be talking about is not trying to maintain a state of eternal bliss, okay, because that's impossible, and there's been some studies and some thought experiments that you could do, such as if you were to flip a switch on, you have an eternal orgasm, would you flip the switch on? When you think about this experiment, this state of like eternal bliss and pleasure, it's actually not even desirable when you think about it. But maintaining a peaceful state of mind the vast majority of the time is attainable and is much more desirable. And when I talk about love in the context of health, wealth, love, and happiness, I'm normally talking about all the different types of love. Okay, so romantic love, borderly love, uh, like appreciative love for the different things in your life. I'm talking about all of that, all encompassing in that one definition. But specifically in today's podcast episode, I just simply mean the genuine appreciation for something's existence. And another way of saying that is just gratitude, okay? Being grateful for whatever you're thinking about being what it is. So now that we've got the definitions out of the way, I want to share with you guys what Is one of the most sustainable and predictable ways of achieving success in any area. And this is actually very compatible with happiness because it's using love and specifically love for the process of success to achieve an overall calm state of mind because you never are expecting, because you are expecting the unexpected, so to speak. So you're in love with the process. So, for example, with health, it's not a straight line. Like if you were to think about achieving anything really, whether you want to get healthy or get wealthy or whatever you want, might want to do, going from A to B, okay, so let's say A is where you are right now and B is where you want to be. It would seem as if, like, oh, it's just like a straight line right over there. Like, with health, it's just like, okay, I got to get a good diet. I got to exercise. I got to sleep well. I got to manage stress, yada, 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 all straight line right to B, and that's how success happens. But, in, in fact, that's not really how it happens. The truth is it's a somewhat random and crazy process a lot of the times. Like, for example, when you're trying to discover the perfect diet, because we all have different perfect diets for us. There's this great book on this subject called Biochemical Individuality, if you want to check it out. But it basically talks about how we all have different genetics, we all have different ancestors that evolved in different parts of the world, obviously, and therefore we've evolved to eat certain foods, because foods that were present in our ancestors' environment we're probably more genetically equipped to digest, whereas foods that our ancestors didn't have access to, we probably aren't as equipped to handle those foods. We all have different gut microbial as well that digest different foods and absorb nutrients at different rates of efficiency. And we all have different immune systems, okay? So that means we have different food allergies, we have different food intolerances. So finding the perfect diet is a process, okay? It takes a while. It's the same thing with wealth, okay? When you're trying to decide what investment should I make, what job should i have what career path should i take a lot of these times you're going to you may go down a certain path and you may fail you may realize you made the wrong decision and then you rebound and you you start over and you you do something different you readjust with your newly found knowledge and it's a process and what i'm saying is have love for that process have love for the labor of the process and not necessarily the fruits of the labor so for health that might be like Lowered risk of disease, uh, high energy, you sleep well, you feel great, you look great, all these different things. And for wealth, it might be obviously like freedom. Uh, (laughs) I don't know, for some people, maybe like F you money if you want to buy like Lambos and mansions and all this other stuff. That's the fruits of the labor. So you could absolutely love those things and enjoy them once you have them. But the real way you're going to get there is with love for the labor itself. All these things are a process and you should love the process. If you are able to fall in love with the real process, the real way wealth is created or health is created, and you're able to just love the process for what it is and not just be obsessed with the fruits of the labor, you will be unstoppable. So shifting back over to happiness for a second here, building this sort of attitude of gratitude in your life, okay? Interpreting everything in a way that makes you feel grateful for what it is and how it's happening is one of the best ways, easily, hands down, to be more happy on a day-to-day level. And if you feel as if you don't have anything to be grateful for, or maybe you do, you know you do, but it just doesn't come natural to you and you have a hard time just expressing it, let's talk about it for a little bit. So first, let's start off with the big picture, right? Zoom all the way out. The truth is we all seemingly didn't exist and then one day, boom, here we are. Okay, here we are, we're human beings, we're like children, we don't understand anything. We're like, look in the mirror. We're like, oh, look, that's us. We don't, we don't, we don't really know why we we're here. We're on this planet in this big, huge, ginormous universe for God knows what reason. But regardless, I know that I'm grateful to just be here and to be blessed with my chance, my opportunity to get a run at this game called life, to just be able to figure things out. Okay, just being grateful for being alive is a, is a great one to start with. And be grateful that you're a human being okay, you were born a human being with loads of potential, okay? You're not a stink bug or a raccoon or a krill that's going to get swallowed by a blue whale or something. You're a human being with massive potential. And you could also always be grateful for the country you were born in. Warren Buffett has a great quote where he credits his success to three things, living in America, having good genes, and compound interest. And you'll notice that <laughs> living in America is about country and having good genes is somewhat about being human. So you likely live in a country with freedom and it could be a lot worse. If you're living, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some amount of freedom. You could live in a country with a horrible authoritarian regime. It didn't have to be like this. Okay. Maybe you were born in Nazi Germany and you were thrown into a concentration camp or even modern day North Korea. You could have been born somewhere in the Middle East and had a horrible life or had family members get blown up. And it's horrible to think about. But the truth is you probably got really lucky with where you were born and what time period you were born is another one to think about. Because life used to suck for a lot of humans. Wars were seemingly never ending. The, war, the world was just always out of war. It was always violent. Corrupt and bribery were way more common. Healthcare sucked. Like the bubonic plague killed millions of people. We didn't even understand the, the basics of how to maintain good health back then and when you really think about it it's very likely that the standard of living you currently enjoy right here right now is better than even the richest person in the world enjoyed just like 500 to thousand years ago no matter how rich you were in 1000 AD there was no smartphones there's no google you can't just look something up when you don't know it there was no xbox you can play no video games there was no weather app to check the upcoming forecast And there was no cure for common ailments and diseases. When you just look up how humans used to live, even in civilizations, but just way back in the day and how much corruption there was and how much risk there was in everyday life still, you'll realize that you are extremely lucky to be born when you were. We always seem to talk about once I'm rich, I'm going to do this or once I'm rich, I'm going to do that. And sometimes we forget to just open our eyes and realize that if we want to know what it's like to be rich, all we got to do is just. I, like, open your eyes. Here we are. We live in the freest, most prosperous society ever. And if you own things like a smartphone or a car or whatever, you are rich. You are literally one of the richest human beings in human history. And, of course, you could be grateful for even the small things as well. This is one of the greatest virtues. Uh, this guy, Dion Williams, or I'm African instilled in me. Just being able to be grateful for everything. Like, you could just walk outside and look at a tree and be like, that's so dope how that tree works. And, you know, how it's pumping out oxygen or whatever. It's like, I'm super grateful for that tree. Or maybe it's you're driving a car and you're like, wow, it's crazy how fast this thing goes, how I could get from point A to point B way quicker. This thing's unbelievable. What a great engineering feat. I'm grateful for that. It could be even smaller, too. It could be like, I'm grateful for my hands because I could touch things and feel things and pick things up. You could go as big as the fact that you're even alive or as small as you want. Maybe if you have all your limbs, like not everybody has all their limbs. If you could see with your eyes, if you could hear with your ears, there are people that are blind or deaf. Be grateful for everything. Realize all the things that you have. And this may take a little bit of practice, but whether or not you are consciously realizing it, doing this is so important because it creates an underlying precedent in your life for peace and happiness and joy. The more you do this, the more you sort of bring your baseline level of happiness up and up and up now there are still things that are going to come in and try to derail this piece and this is where this happiness shield that i talk about comes into play what the happiness shield is is it's basically a imaginary shield that protects your happiness from external forces attempting to drag it away and it's imaginary because it doesn't really exist but it could actually be a very real thing when you visualize it and interpret events in such a way. So to just sort of visualize it for a second, imagine like your happiness just being just like imagine like a blank canvas, whatever, blank white canvas, and your happiness is right in the middle of it. Now I just want you to imagine just like a ball around it, okay? Almost like a shield that's covering your happiness from everything in that, you know, in the outside world. And I just want you to imagine Everything that's coming to attack your happiness, or what, like, when I'm saying happiness, what I mean is inner peace. I talked about that a little bit earlier. So, I don't mean like, like, bliss and you know, euphoria. That's obviously on a day to day living, that's not practical. But just imagine everything flying at your happiness, attempting to take it away that we come across in everyday life. And sometimes these objects are light, okay? You can think of them in this visualization as like tennis balls or dodgeballs. But maybe it's someone saying something rude to you. Okay, whether it be one of your homies, a coworker, boyfriend, girlfriend, your mama. Maybe it's somebody cutting you off in traffic. Maybe it's just these like little, little itty bitty things that sort of just tear at our peace peace of mind all day. Maybe it's just, I know this happens to me all the time. Maybe you're just randomly doing something. Like you're using the bathroom and you just think about something cringy you said 10 years ago. And you're like, ah, dang, how did I do that? These things are like light objects being thrown at your happiness, and I just want you to imagine these things coming to take away your inner peace, just bouncing off that shield. So it's it's coming for your happiness. It's going to try to smash it and erupt it into itty-bitty pieces, but that shield that we imagined around it is just taking it in and then launching it right back out. So it's protecting your happiness. It's not letting it in. But here's the problem. It's not always light objects, okay? Sometimes it's bullets, or sometimes it's just straight-up rockets. Sometimes it's really, really heavy stuff, okay? Maybe you get laid off from a job, and you need to provide for your family. Maybe it's breaking up with somebody that you're in a long-term relationship with. Maybe it's a death in the family. I actually just had one of these very recently. These are... Very, very heavy stuff. And I don't mean to spend too much time on this topic because, one, it's very touchy. And two, it's not, these these don't come as often as just the light stuff. So it's it's better to focus on not letting this light stuff uh, hit, your, hit your happiness before you really move on to these big things. But all those things that I just mentioned, they're like rockets. They're not like little tennis balls. They're like RPGs being shot right at your happiness that are trying to blow it up. And completely dismantle it and completely destroy your mental, you know, frame of mind, your mental peace, your mental health, all of that. But the truth is, even these events, even the worst events in life can still be interpreted in such a way that your happiness at the end of the day remains unfazed. And I don't mean to say that when these things happen, you won't even be sad about it because you, you, you're you human, okay? These These things are going to happen. And you're going to be sad about it. But what really, what you really have control over is in the long term, how does this actually affect your mental health? So maybe if you get laid off from a job, maybe think about it a little bit and be like, you know what? I didn't even like this job. Okay, let me take this opportunity to switch up my past and create success within the circle of truth in a career field that I really enjoy. Or maybe after a breakup, you realize, you know what? This person really wasn't that good for me anyway. I was really clinging to them. I was depending on them for my happiness and my joy. But maybe that wasn't good for you anyway. Or you could interpret a death in the family as, you know what? They lived a great life. And they weren't. it's not like they were going to live forever anyway. This day was going to come eventually. It's going to come for us all. So maybe you could just spin it on its head. And even though they're gone, celebrate uh, the life that they lived. Something. There's some way that you can interpret this event in a way that does not disturb your inner peace. Okay, and I don't I, of course, like all of this stuff, this is extremely personal, uh, and I don't mean to feed you with anything. I'm just trying to get across the, this idea here that you decide how strong you want this happiness shield to be. And if you want it to be the case that when people throw this life stuff at you, they, they say some, some smart, or they say some uh, disrespectful to you. That could bounce off you real quick. When there's bullets thrown at you, that could bounce off. And even when there's rockets that are meant to just completely derail you and destroy you, that could bounce off as well if you decide for it to be. But again, you decide. You decide how strong you want the shield to be. And I want you to think about being a happy person as not somebody who's happy all the time. You're not going to be blissful and joyous and cheerful all the time. Naval has this great quote where he says, All a happy person is is somebody who effortlessly interprets events in such a way that their inner peace is undisturbed. So when people say that life is too short to be sad, I really believe that the best way to interpret that and actually put that into action is by doing this, okay? It's impossible to just always, like, always have good days and never have any bad days and always be in a great mood. I think it was 50 Cent who said, we wouldn't appreciate the sunny days if it weren't for the rainy ones or something, something to that effect. But it is possible to always have underlying love and gratitude for all those individuals in your life, all those things going on, all the processes happening around you, all the different laws of nature. That is possible. And I believe that cultivating that is a very big part of life. And it's it's really something that we should all aspire to get. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, heads up for next week's episode, lesson number three. I told you guys in the podcast introduction that I would give you guys a heads up when this. Uh, day was coming up, but all the all the episodes so far on this podcast, you could sort of just listen to whenever you want in whatever situation you want, listening in your car, uh, going for a walk, every, anything like that. In next week's episode, lesson number three, I'm going to actually ask you to do a visualization exercise with me. I'm going to walk you through it. It's not going to take long and only be like five minutes maybe, but you can't just be like driving when you're doing that, okay? You need to be in a... Uh, I'll, I'll explain in the next episode, but basically, I just wanted to give you a heads up. Uh, for lessons number two and one, you go back to it goes back to being normal. It's just for lesson number three. So thank you guys so much. I love you guys, and I'll see you next week. Peace out.